Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But um, oh, one thing I want to talk to you about, I remember last, or I don't know if it was actually on the podcast or just talking to you separately, but I told you I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Yes. And um, really my goal for the for the YouTube channel is just to kind of document um, hunts and just kind of have video of my dogs that I can put out there. And so the first video that I wanted to do was just kind of do like a highlight reel of, of Vango and all the little clips and videos that I've had of him over the years hunting. And I think even, I think right now that may be the most, that may be the best footage of a hunting air doll. I think that's out there right now. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but it's he's he's been on quite a few quite a few hunts over his last five years, and uh, so I got that all thrown together and posted it up. And um, so I'll probably probably be posting a lot of uh, you know hunts and stuff on there going forward. Um, and actually, the I have the best footage of uh, of Vango catching a pig, and I think had I still had that footage. Um, I think it would be one of the coolest videos I think that you'd ever see of a dog catching a pig. Um, if you want, I can tell the story because I ended up losing the footage. Yeah, definitely tell it. All right, so um, I'd gotten permission on this on this uh, property to hunt pigs on, so it was pretty unique. It was farmland. It was about forty five minutes away from my house, so it's far, it's wheat and cotton farms, big area. But on the back end, which would be I guess the west end of the farm. Um, it drops off into canyon country. So it's like ravines, washouts, cliffs. And so what was happening was these pigs were, were living in the can in the canyons uh, during the day. They're, you know, out sleeping or whatever. And the evenings are coming up onto the, onto the flatland and just tearing up the, tearing up the crops. And so I talked to the, talked to the landowner and he's like, yeah, he said, we've had people come out here, try to shoot them. And and hunt them. He said the problem is, he said they come out of those canyons and they start eating. He said since there's so much farmland um, east of it, they can see from far. So you have to kind of be set up with your thermals and everything, just kind of waiting for them. He said, but if you can, if, if, if you and your dogs can then get them, that sure helped me out a lot. He said, all right, we'll see what we can do. And that was the best hunting I've ever done. It was perfect because I had the the stag airdale team. If if uh, if the pigs were out on the flats, the stag would go in there and catch them and uh hold them there for the aerials to get there or if you know even if they went into the canyon country if they went into the to the washouts and cliffs and stuff that you know the aerials were right there on them so it was really good so on this day in particular it was like 19 degrees it was really cold so i bundled up took the dogs out i had mango i had ivo the stag hound at the time he was only about 10 months old nine ten months old and i had annie a female my female or my female aerials I was just getting there, so I was driving on the I was driving on the far side of the of the farmland, on a road that way because there's a road that is in between the farm, and the and the canyons. And so I just kind of drove that so I could see some sign of pigs and kind of turn the dogs loose. So on this day it was cold, it was overcast, and it was, uh, it wasn't it was in the evening time. It was maybe about thirty minutes until dark. So I'm driving, going around. Before I was even ready, I look out and I just see a group of pigs um, just kind of making their way out of the canyons, coming onto the farm, and they saw me right away. So a lot of them turned and, and went, and there was one pig that looked like a stinking grizzly bear. It was just, had the, it was dark brown, had all the fur and just big head, big hump, everything. So, um, And it stood there watching us. So I jumped out of the truck. I let the dogs loose, and boom, they took off. So the three dogs went in there. So Ivo and Annie split from Vango. Ivo and Annie went and caught probably a little small 50-pound pig. Vango goes after the big grizzly bear-looking hog. And so I'm running, um, kind of, I don't know what to do. I got a, I got my, I got a 22 on me, and I got my big uh, pig-sticking knife with me. So I see that Vango's caught the big pig. And so I'm... I go and take off after them, and it's, man, it's rough country. I'm 
jumping over boulders, trying to reach them before. And so I get there, and it was just the most beautiful sight you've ever seen. It was Van Gogh on this massive, like, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that adds 100 pounds to a pig that they see. This this pig was 100% over 250 pounds. And for my area, you know, where they're longer and leggy and taller, um, that's a that's a big, heavy pig. And Vango's got it. Uh, he's he's got it by the neck, which usually you don't want your your dog to have him by the ear. But he's he's got this pig by the neck, so he's getting drugged. And uh, that pig is just to- tossing around like a rag. But he's just caught on there, never letting go. So in the in the heat of it, you know, I want here here's Vango caught on this huge giant pig, and the background is canyons you know what i mean and the sun's the, the sun's setting it's just the most <laughs> perfect beautiful video you'd ever want uh-huh. so i told me at the time was my phone so i just took out my phone and i recorded me about 30 seconds of, of vango catching this pig and uh and it's just probably the best footage you could ever imagine and uh but so it was also 19 degrees my fingers i could barely curl them to get the, to the video to stop so when that happens, I see that uh, the pig gets loose from Bango. It's it's a lot bigger of a pig than than what he can handle on his own, and they start going down into the down into the ravine. And so at that point, I get scared. I toss my phone down. I toss my rifle down. And at that point, I'm just trying to get the pig uh, caught um, to kind of like avoid Bango getting injured. So I go up and I go. I drop my phone, drop everything, all the gear that I had, and I go catch the pig by the back legs. And that big that pig kicks me like a donkey in my in my chest and just flat flattens me on my back. And when that happens, uh, she gets loose from Rango. It ended up being a sow of all things. I, it was the biggest sow pig I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I was a hundred percent sure it was a boar up until I got on close to it. And I saw that it was a that it was a it was either a sow or a um, or a, a neutered pig somehow. But I, more likely it was a sow, huge, and they go down and. And they get lost down into the little, the little fingers of that canyon. So I'm going for 30 minutes. So I'll, uh, 30 minutes tracking these dogs. So I'll see where Vango has caught her, and they, they, you know, he's he's holding her as best as he can, and she just cuts loose from him again. And at this point, I'm thinking Vango must be exhausted. So I'm going down. I'm exhausted, just trying to keep up with him. So I'm down in the ravine. I look up on top, and up, up on the top, maybe uh, about 300 yards ahead of me, I see Vango's got her caught again. And and uh, she's just she's at this point he's so exhausted she's just beating him up and uh, same thing I'm going up there trying my best to reach him whatever and at this point I'm trying to just call him off because I'm like it's not it's not worth it there's cliffs it's dangerous you know I'd, I'd I'd rather just this pig just get away than lose him so finally by the time I make it up to the top Vango's just he he he's he's so exhausted he's foaming at the mouth and. He's so dizzy and all on his own, he was able to hold this pig. Um, pig ended up getting away. And the only reason it got away is because he was just exhausted. This was like, at this point, you know, sun's already down, it's already dark. And uh, I, it was, it was, uh, it got pretty dangerous at that point because we we're, it was on steady ground and I was able to finally call him off and <clears throat> finally listen to me. I guess exhaustion had him to the point where, <laughs> you know, he was, he just, kind of snapped out of it and was able to listen to me call him off but so we didn't end up getting that pig um but it was just it was probably one of the top one of the most exhilarating one of the best moments of my life just kind of seeing him do his job and even though we didn't get the pig in the end he did everything in his power to get it stopped it's just i wasn't get there and get there in time and i kicked myself because if i hadn't stopped and taken video you know what i mean um i could have got the pig caught and could have avoided you know what could have been a bad situation anyways go back find my phone and my gear my phone was still recording i never i never uh pressed end so it was recording the whole time that i was chasing mango down the down the ravine look and my phone's dead so i'm just praying like oh my gosh i hope i have this video and get the phone charged up look at it the video didn't save i guess the phone died while it was still recording so that that video is gone forever so yeah it was it was a bummer but Oh well, I still had the, still got the story, and I'm glad I'm able to tell it on here. Yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. But oh well, at least you experiences are more important than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's been so. Like a lot of the spots now, I, I've since 
I don't have that spot anymore. I, that was such a perfect spot for me and the dogs. Um, that was the spot where I was able to get, you know, my staghounds on some pigs for the first time and kind of get them used to, to hunting. And it was such a good spot. It ended up getting ruined for me because there was uh, maybe about seven of us that had permission on that on that property. And one day, um, these guys had gone out on their four on their four wheelers and they just made ruts and and drove all through the fields while it was raining. So it just kind of ruined a big portion of it. And the farm the farmer says, "You know what? Everybody's out of here." So I I lost that spot, but ended up getting another good spot about two hours from me. And uh, this spot has some of the nastiest pigs I've ever encountered. Um, it's it's uh, two hours east of me, and that's where I've been doing the bulk of my hunting. But, you know, really, most of the time I'm out hunting, it's just me on my own. You know, it's me and the dogs. And so it's really hard for me to get good video while I'm also, you know, trying to make sure we get the pigs caught and taken care of, uh, minimize the risk to, of injury to the dogs. And um, there in that spot was one of the – was uh, the time that I really, you know, saw how good of a stag that I have. So I vote – He's my big stag hound. He's actually a 50-50 cross, half half stag hound and half uh, racing greyhound. He's big. He's fast. I've clocked him at 40 miles an hour, which is crazy for a dog of his size. And because he's, I understand he's 31 inches at the shoulder and he's 90 pounds. Wow. So he's 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 a he's a big he's a big boned, tall, lean uh, sight hound. And one of the spots that I went, it was the same thing. I had a GoPro, and I was trying to get good footage. He caught, they caught this really big, uh, nice-looking uh, spotted boar, and um, that, and it was in the worst spot ever. It was, it was really thick with reeds and brush and trees. And uh, Ivo was the MVP on that hunt. He caught that pig, and that pig um, ended up turning on him, cutting the strap on his uh, on his cup vest, and uh, ended up cutting him pretty he got cut up pretty good on that on that one but he saved me because i it took me a while to get through all the brush and get in there that pig so whenever i got when i got eyes on him that pig had eyeball on his back and he had a mouthful of of his vest and was just kind of cutting him up so i'm running trying to get close to him that pig turns around and just rushes me and right at the last second i was able to just kind of jump out of the way so Ivo was just on his back you know doing everything he can to keep that pig held he jumps up and catches that pig before the pig was able to get to me again, and I think he's probably one of the most game sight hounds you could ever. You, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. I think the the type of pig dog that he is, um, his level of pig dog, especially for being a stag hound, um, he's as good as they come, and he really has proved himself over the, that hunt. Was the first time he's really proved himself, and since then he's just been getting better. And. Uh, so yeah, I've been doing some good cocoon hunts. I got injured last year and tore my pack, had surgery. It was a six month recovery, so I wasn't able to get do much hunting um, last year. But it gave me time to kind of review all the all the videos of the hunts that I've had in the past, and um, kind of gave me the idea to you know just go ahead and make a YouTube channel and just start documenting all this stuff. That way, you know, who knows what happens? Nothing's certain in this life, and if I ever get to the point where I'm not able to go out hunting, I can at least you know go back and watch videos of me and the dogs from from when I was able to, you know. So that's that's the main goal of that. That's what I'm kind of doing right now. I'm just kind of making sure I can get all the, like have all the right setup to where I can actually just go out and hunt and not have to worry about trying to catch things on video because it puts me at risk, puts the dogs at risk, you know, sitting there with your phone out trying to catch a video. Um, so that's, yeah, that's number one what I'm doing right now to make sure I have everything kind of set up to where it's, you know, I get all the best footage but it's still safe, you know. And um, so that's what I'll be doing. I'm looking at, uh, um, I'm switching jobs right now. I'm going into business for myself. And I'm hoping once I get, uh, you know, set up and, and working for my working for myself, I'll have some more time and have more time and resources to be able to spend more time and out with the dogs and hunting. Because like I said, over the last year with the injury and with the times that I've been able to take the dogs out, it hasn't been quite as as much as I've wanted, but still, you know, still been good. So I'm hoping, hoping in the future I can put together some really good, some really good videos of some hunts. People can go out and watch it. It's called Vango, a legendary hunting Airedale Terrier, and it's just a, it's it's, it's just a montage of, of Vango. And really, what it, my main goal with the video, uh, with the YouTube channel, was just to get to to show what what really. Um, the potential of a true hunting Airedale you know I think they're one of the most versatile breeds and they're one of the best breeds you could ever own and I want to put out there and show people what what these dogs are capable of 
And so I got that first video put out there. The YouTube channel is Texdale Outdoors. And uh, people can go right now and, and see uh, Bango at work. And he's only young still. He's only five years old. I can still, he, he still has another, you know, three years of, of, of hunting, um, of serious, you know, pig hunting and coon hunting. So uh, there'll definitely be a part two to that video. Um, but yeah, mainly just show people what I'm all about, what, what my dogs are about, what, what a true hunting Airedale could do. Obviously, in this social media age, it's easy to get caught up on views and stuff yeah. like that. But really, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your dogs to just, if you're going to do something like that, just be honest, you know, yeah. just show what you do um, and just, you know, do things, stay true to yourself and do things that, you know, that you want to be put out there. It's, it doesn't, you like, even with this YouTube channel, you're never going to see me out there with a camera in my face. Welcome back, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's all about the dogs for me. That. I spend such a huge amount of my life. There's, I mean, really a, a big percentage of my life is out with the dogs and, and nobody ever sees that. It's just me and the dogs, you know, most of the time. So really with this YouTube channel, I just, it's almost like a, almost one, it's almost like a video journal type. Thing. Like this is, this is what I, what I've done with the dogs in this point in my life. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to take a look at it, take a look and see if, see if you like it. <laughs> Honestly, most of the moves, I mean, people think I'm crazy, but most of the major life moves I've done in my life has kind of been around the dogs, like moving out here into the country, you know, that was 100% because of I wanted to give my dogs more space. I wanted to have more space to work with dogs. Um, going into business for myself, you know, I could be comfortable and just, you know, continue to work here in the car business and do my thing, but I want the freedom to be able to to go out and plan, you know, hunts with the dogs and do stuff like that. Everything I do has been kind of revolved around dogs. It's And honestly, I mean, what more of a fascinating animal is there than a dog? You know what I mean? The outside of people, dogs are the most versatile animals on this planet. You know what I mean? There's you could be involved in dogs in so in so many different ways. And so sometimes I feel guilty. I'm like, man, my life revolves around dogs too much. At the same time, I don't. <laughs> it's like, what else would I be doing? Playing video games? <laughs> so how's uh, how how does it how's your your wife with this passion? Does she uh, is she put up with it, or is she a part of it? What and how do you manage, you know, that part of your life with your dog? She, I, I don't know what I would do without her. She, when it comes to especially raising litters and be, just you know. Um, with the whelping process and you know dogs you know I, I go out during the winter and fall time summertime is so brutal right now I don't hardly ever take the dogs out for it and then at the same time too I don't really go hunt I don't hunt during the spring and summer especially like coons um, and like our fur bears because although you know you, you, you do want to kind of uh, you know predator control and stuff like that but at the same time I'm not just a hunter I, I'm not just out to for my dogs to catch things i i do want to preserve our, our local populations and stuff so during the springtime you can't control it with airedales being silent um out when you're coon hunting a lot of times more times than not they catch the coons on the ground mm -hmm. and um you can't control if if your dog catches a pregnant coon or a coon that's got pups back at the den mm -hmm. or a fox that's pregnant or a fox that's got pups back at the den you never want that to happen i i that's, I, I hate that what a few years ago, dogs caught a pregnant coon, and it just it made me want to quit hunting altogether. I felt so guilty. So mm -hmm. during the spring couple months, I do not hunt. So that so during that time, we're out exercising the dogs separately, roading them, um, loving on them, their inside and stuff. And my I couldn't do this without my wife. She's uh, she's as much of a she, my, she's always before we got married, she was you know a dog lady, and <laughs> that was uh, was one thing I loved about her. But, you know, since we've been married, she knows everything. She's, she, uh, she, she knows, she's asking all these questions. She follows everybody. She's actually listened to most of your podcast episodes. Like, she's she's so involved with the dogs. It's It's been great. And uh, really, a lot of people in my family are, are, are into dogs. And um, I've got two, I've, I've got younger cousins and an uncle that have a stag hound from me. And they're looking at getting another one. And they're out hunting with their, with their dog all the time. My dad, um, you know. My dad's got staghounds now. He's got one. He'll probably get another. And he's out hunting with his, training his pup up. And 
it's it's turned into a kind of a family thing. Like we're all kind of getting to our dogs. I've got another cousin who's getting into to pig hunting. He had a dogo that just passed away, unfortunately, but he's he's getting another one, and he's going to be getting into the pig hunting stuff with dogos. And I'm excited to you know hunt alongside him with that. And, and then even just like we're a dog family. All everybody, every single one of us, got our dogs. My little sister just got my little sister and her husband, which. Uh, he's one of my best friends. He's got a he's got a, a German Shorthead Pointer that he's training to hunt and takes takes outdoors and stuff. She just got a toy poodle, and we're even excited about that. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's been uh, dogs is really one of the things that we can all come together for. <laughs> yeah, so um, they're, they're very very protective mothers. You know, and Airedale, in a lot of ways, they're. They are a terrier, mm-hmm. but almost not really. You know what I mean? Like they've got they've got terrier in their heritage, but they're almost a dog separate on their own. But that terrier attitude sticks with them. So they are fiercely protective mothers. Even whenever I got Zoe, um, her first litter I had with her, it was hard. She wouldn't even really let me get close to her pups. I had to really win her trust and win her over. They're fiercely protective mothers. Um, same thing with my wife like all our females like junie and annie you know junie i raised her from a puppy and annie i got her as an adult already but you have to you have to win their trust they're they're an intelligent very smart breed and they're just not going to let you just come do whatever you want with them you know um but fiercely protective excellent mothers big litters all my dogs all, all these airedales uh, have big litters so really good moms really protective um and uh, tough, as tough as they come, they'll let their pups. You know, a lot of breeds, after the pups start getting some teeth, they'll they wean them pretty quick. And uh, Airedales, what I've seen, they're letting their they're letting their pups nurse. I I have to wean the pups. You know what I mean? They're not they're letting them nurse even when they're six to eight weeks old still. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's been great. As comp- you know, compared to the, the few staglers I've had, I had a female staghound that I got um, out of Kansas. And uh, she's a really good, really good dog. Whatever I don't have her anymore, uh, I went ahead and I, I, I sent her to another friend of mine. But when she had a litter, after the pups started getting some teeth, she was completely done with them. Didn't even want to look at her pups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, you know, just great moms and just really smart, thoughtful dogs. And you know, really, as much as I use them for hunting, that's what we do most of the time. But any Airedale owner is going to tell you about the off switch around the house. They're just the most excellent family dogs, good with kids, good with livestock, um, just good with good all around dogs, you know. And it's they're, they're they're a breed that I'll be involved with probably for the rest of my life. So I would say, depending on working line Airedale, um, you've got to you've got to give them something to do. You owe it, and you know what this goes. For, for all dog owners, period. When you have a dog, they're just, they're, you know, they may be a part of your life for your their whole life. You know what I mean? Everything that they do depends on you. So someone who's wanting to get an Airedale, especially working on an Airedale, give them something to do, even if it's just going out and jogging with them every day. need to have some kind of outlet because then, you know, with a, with a working breed, a high-drive, independent, intelligent breed like this, they'll entertain themselves so that's when you start running into barking and digging and chewing and aggression if you're not taking your dogs out you're not giving them some form some some outlet to get their energy out or give them some kind of job to do um they're gonna problems will start to develop you know what i mean they're, they're not the dog that you can have just can't you know sectioned off in your kitchen to lay around all day you know um uh i would say either learn how to groom them or get ready to spend seventy dollars at the groomer every other month because Airedales they don't shed, but their their hair just will grow. Um, so I've I've got I groom all my dogs. Whether I do a good job, whether my dogs are the prettiest looking after I get done with them or not, <laughs> that that's up to you. But keeping them keep keeping their coats uh, trimmed up and groomed that's it's really important. You know, um, if you keep them groomed and brushed out, or not really brushed out, but you keep them keep uh, their hair stripped and and shaved down you'll avoid you know matting problems you'll avoid hot spots um things like that so buy yourself a 
pair of clippers and get ready to do some grooming or take or get ready to pay the groomer to do some grooming every other month. Um, oh, let's see what else. But yeah, honestly, that's the main things. And another thing I want to stress too is feed your dogs once a day. To everybody who's got dogs out there, I, I, these dogs when they start getting older, because understand dogs don't don't they don't have a they're they're meant to have that feast and famine type of diet, right? Mm-hmm. Because dogs don't sweat, so they have they don't have a natural way to uh, get rid of you know extra extra. Uh, you know, toxins or um, extra salt or extra, you know, nutrients in their diet that they don't need, extra calcium. It, it starts to harm them over time. So feed your dog once a day. If they're an active dog, if they're an active hunting dog, especially during the winter, okay, yeah, you know, feed them twice a day. Feed them raw meat. Um, and you will see a whole lot less problems that way. And when you've got a dog that's just on a, on a constant feeder, and especially if you're not taking them out, you're going to start looking, chances of them getting cancer, heart disease, um, skin problems, stuff like that, autoimmune diseases goes way, way up. Yeah, and for so sure. For sure. That, that's that's what I would say. You know, exercise your dogs, keep them nice and groomed. Exercise your Airedale, keep them nice and groomed, and make sure you pay attention to their diet. And you'll have a really good dog for ten, twelve years, even more, even longer if you do things right. Yeah. Um. So I've. I've had some knockdown dragouts in my yard, <laughs> especially with the females. The, the female Airedales, when they they're fine with each other most of the time, but when they do decide to uh, when they decide that they're going to get after it, they they really really fight. Um, and I've noticed uh, that's one of the things I learned too. When a female's pregnant, she's not taking nothing from nobody. Mm-hmm. So I've had uh, all the fights that I've had pretty much have been pregnant female versus someone else who's in their way pretty much you know what i mean um and and you know airedales are a power they're they're strong powerful breed they got the biggest teeth out of the biggest teeth i've ever seen on any other type of dog um they can hurt each other really quick outside of times like that they're good to go i've had uh you know bingo my big airedale and and uh my big uh ivo they've tied up a few times and it's always been um, just when you know when one of the females is in heat, wherever. Because my dogs, I I need them to work together, you know, as a pack, you know, when we're out hunting. And so I do I do not stand for dog fights. I, yeah. I nip that in the butt as soon and as early as I can. Mm-hmm. So all my dogs, for the most part, and Airedale is not gonna. They're not gonna start nothing. They're not really gonna hurt any. You know, they're not gonna start fights at all. Or not mine anyway. You know, especially if they're extra, they're properly exercised. Um, They've got a good diet. They're feeling good. If they're nice and healthy and happy, they're not going to fight. So, Airedales could run as fast as a stag. I don't think that you would have any use for them. I mean, you'd have Airedales do whatever. The stag hounds are the most, they're the athletes of the dog world. The sight hounds are. They can do, some of the athletic things I've seen them do is just blow, it's mind-blowing. So, I've had about four four different full-grown stags now up to this point and uh all of them can run all of them can jump and uh for the most part they their 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 uh stamina is really really good and that's the thing you know that that's the that's the main difference a lot of times you know out here in the flatlands the dogs will get on something especially coyotes if we're doing you know coyote coyote control or whatever on on different properties um, an airedale's never going to catch a coyote but a stag will and uh, as far as temperament stuff, they're, they're both both breeds are easy keepers. That's why I have them. They uh, most of the day they're just kind of laying around and and just wait for you to take them out. They're not they're not loud. They're not hard to keep around the house. They're not trying to escape every chance they get. They're just really good smart dogs. And as far as aggression goes, especially stag hounds, you know you the guys are still breeding and, and working with stags. They run them all in packs, so you cannot have a dog aggressive dog in, in those situations where they're in the dog box with each other for extended periods of time. Right. Um, you can't have aggression, so that's something I deal with very, very little. Um, so no, they're 
as far as temperament goes, you know, Airedale's definitely a lot more intelligent, a lot more thoughtful, uh, feelings, it seems like, you know, and mm-hmm. stags are just kind of there. To, they're just there, and they're almost in a good mood, so, you know. And for those people who don't know what a stag hound is, can you give a, an overview of them? Yes. So basically, a stag hound—they're—they're they're not. It's not a recognized breed by any kennel club. Um, and you're—you go. You can get a stag hound from a guy in South Dakota, and then you go down and get a stag a stag hound from a guy in North Texas. And you—if you were to do a DNA test on both of them, they're both stag hounds. In quotation, but they will have a—they'll have a completely different. Um, background. Mm-hmm. So, staghound is a breed that exists because they're working dogs. You're never gonna—you'll never see them in any kind of kennel club. You never see them in dog shows. They're a working sighthound, uh, specific to. Uh, you know, they're called staghounds. I don't know where the—I think the term originated from. They used to, you know, hunt hunt deer and stags with them, but in here in the United States, when you hear the the term staghound. Usually they're referring to a coyote dog, a, a, a sighthound that's used to hunt coyotes with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you'll have some. You'll have staghounds that have heavy deer hound and wolfhound blood. You'll have staghounds that have Saluki and, and high, a high percentage of Saluki and greyhound in them. You'll have uh, you know some that have borzoi in them. You'll have some that have you know you name it. Just uh, they're just basically a mixed up working line stag uh, sighthound. And originally, the staghound was a cross between a deerhound and a greyhound. And uh, greyhounds are—they have all the drive, they have the speed, they have everything. But the pads on their feet—they're just not—they're they're not a really hardy dog. Then you take a deerhound, which is also a step, which also a sighthound. They have a thicker coat, thicker skin, thicker pads, heavier bones. Not quite as—I mean, not quite as fast, but way more durable. So they did the cross between those two and kind of got the best out of both uh, both breeds. So those are the original staghounds. But now. Anytime you see a staghound, it's going to be, they're basically a mixed up sighthound breed with the, but with a purpose. You know, they're all bred. If, if a staghound does not get bred to another staghound unless they're both, you know, up to par when it comes to hunting. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, since they're working dogs, you have almost zero health problems with them. Those dogs will go, they're healthy, and they have. You know, very rarely do they have some cancer or any other kind of problems like that. They're really healthy uh, breed. You know, and a lot of people don't know this. And it's not something that I'm, I'm ever going to do or ever. I'm not in that type of, of thing. But if when it comes to medical stuff, a, a sight hound is the only breed of dog that you can draw blood from and uh, give to another dog via blood transfusion mm-hmm. because of the. Uh, they're just a healthy breed. Anything that you breed a sighthound to is gonna, the pups out of that are gonna be healthy. And so I, I did kind of want to talk to you about um, the Airedale lurcher, the staghound Airedale lurcher. Yeah, definitely. So even though that happened on accident, it was something that I was wanting to do anyway. And uh, thus far, the the one the one that I kept, Croc, and then I sold uh, two of them to a, to a guy in, in California that that uses them for pig hunting. So far, they've been excellent they've kind of taken the best uh, the best things from both so croc the stag lurcher that i have here he's got a good nose he's he's able to follow a, a you know especially a fresh trail a track fresh uh, I, I haven't really used him on pigs too much you know he was kind of born in a time in my life where i was a little bit busier and i wasn't able to do too much pig hunting especially since i lost the other spot that i was telling you about but for coon hunting he is he's amazing he goes out he knows exactly what to do he's nose to the ground he's fast enough to catch anything and uh he's the grit from both sides the airedale grit and the staghound grit he's got it both and um his first big uh I, I was doing some uh some um what do you call it um uh, nuisance animal control on a uh on a park that's kind of close by a uh, uh an amusement park you know so they get run they're, they're overrun with coons and stuff and tearing up the trashes and and stuff like that and it's across and it's also across the street from a golf course so that area is overrun with feral cats coons possums i, I leave possums alone my dogs are all trained off of possums and skunks i there's, there's no need to the the minimal damage that possums do it's it's nothing you know i just let them be but coons 
if they get into a trash, especially a trash that, you know, they're going to litter everywhere. They're going to tear things up. Um, they'll rip out wiring and, and, you know, electrical outlets and stuff like that to try to make their, try to make their nest with so Coons are one of the most destructive animals ever. And I love them. They're one of my favorite animals, but sometimes you got to get them out of there, you know? And, uh, so with Croc, that's been his main thing. He's, uh, I've, I've trained him to hunt Coons and he's done great. So one of this, this past winter, or actually, I think it was early March. It was still pretty cold that out though. Um, we, we came across this, uh, coon that was tearing up a trash can. So I let Croc out completely on his own and, you know, this is your time to prove yourself. You go out there and dispatch this coon. You know what I mean? You get to eat it all on your own. And uh, so he goes out, and I kind of let him just trail it. Even though I had eyes on the coon, but I just kind of let him figure out where it was, trailing his own. He caught that coon, and they fell over the edge into uh, they fell they fell into some water. And uh, he, it was a it was a the biggest boar coon I, I, I've caught in the last few years, and he handled it no problem. He pulled it out of the water. And got a throat hold on it and broke his neck. I, I heard the, the bones crunch and everything. He did it, everything as clean as you would ever want. You know what I mean? Because especially when you're, when you're training dogs to hunt animals and especially if they're out there dispatching them on their own, very, I, I never have to shoot. And I never have to shoot anything. Very rarely do I shoot any animals, whatever. Most of the time I'm just guiding the dogs and they're taking care of everything, you know? Um, and you want a dog that's efficient. Because you don't want an animal to suffer unnecessarily, or whatever. You just kind of guide them to, and then just let their natural instincts take over. And Crocs, if he continues on, he's only he's less than he's about a year and a half old right now. If he keeps going at the rate he's going, he may be the most versatile and best dog that I have in my yard. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Have you uh, have you gotten any response with that cross and? <clears throat> Everybody, I've, I've had two litters, and they're—it's uh, kind of embarrassing to say, but they're both accidental. You know what I mean? Like it's—it's it's really hard to keep a stag hound, a determined stag hound, out of anything. They're gonna rip open a pan. They're gonna jump over, even if it's a ten-foot fence. They're gonna—they're gonna do everything they can. They're really driven. So both times that I've had lurcher, lurcher litters, it's been Ivo's found his way in there. You know, one way or another. This last one. I had the female locked up. I had him locked up in a separate pen that had a, a top on the kennel. And he still figured out a way to get out and jump in the pen, breed, the, breed my female Airedale and jump back out. And I told my wife, I was like, listen, go to the store and buy me a buy me a bike helmet and a blanket to carry around because I'm obviously mentally handicapped. I can't keep this dog out from... <laughs> <clears throat> from breeding these females or whatever but both times it's been good so everybody's gotten a lurcher from me i get picture i get sent pictures and stories about how smart they are and how good they are with the family how good they are with kids and uh, one guy i gave him to uh he he's a sight home guy but he's like i want a dog that's you know got a little more brains so i can just carry around with me um he's a trapper he's a government trapper and so i gave him a pup and he's he's been blowing me up every you know every so often i'll hear him i'll hear from him like man this dog is just incredible and i tell him send me pictures and videos He'll never send me a single picture or video <laughs> but from what i hear they've all been doing really good yeah and you know i love the airedales of breed and like i said i'll do everything i can to make a, a healthier and longer lasting and an Airedale of what they're supposed to be. I mean, an Airedale with the quality of what you would want. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, function comes first. You know, if they're not if they're not capable to be out hunting several, you know, multiple nights a week, if they're not able to do that, then um, and really they're not really a terrier. You know, because terriers are, are at the beginning they're purpose bred working dogs. And so that's 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 what I'm going for more than anything is just to have healthy dogs that are that are capable of doing what I what I ask of them. And um, but yeah, uh, and there, there, it's not just me doing this with the air dogs. There's 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 a bunch of us now around here in the U.S. that are doing you know some really good stuff. Uh, I'll kind of shout out one of my buddies in, in uh, Northern California. He's, he lives on a big, beautiful property out in 
out in the in the in the mountains and hills of northern california and he's got his own he's got his own airedale program going he's got airedales he's got patterdales he's got a he's actually got a a a kangle for his property guardian Mm -hmm. he's doing his stuff he's the plans that he's got he's got some really good uh um, stored semen from from really airedales that are already have been long dead he's gonna have a really good program going i'll get you in contact with him at some point if if you ever want that yeah absolutely Um, for sure he's doing some really good stuff um like i said uh peter the guy running the the working airedales page on instagram he's got some really he's got some cool plans coming up you know he's he's only a young kid too and he's um he's uh you know getting his all his ducks in a row first before he starts breeding and doing stuff like that but once he starts it's, he's going to do some really good things with for the breed um and yeah so between all of us and there, there's a lot more guys out there and i'm actually looking to get a a, a, dog, a pup from a you know he's an older guy he's not on any social media or whatever but he's been he's had his line of airedales going for you know several generations now and, and uh, i'm gonna i'm starting to work with him he's actually here in texas he's about five hours from me but still here in texas <laughs> and uh he, me and him are kind of working together to keep the working line alive and, and yeah you know honestly right now i mean you, you know yourself there's never been a better time to be involved in working dogs right now but with a social media it can be such a detriment to, to everything in a lot of ways but it's also such a good thing um i think i i, I think about it all the time if i was a kid and i had access to this to social media of, of what's available today, I would just be in heaven. There's so many people working with so many breeds and just doing so much good stuff. And uh, social media is a spot where the working working dog community really exists, and you can go in and look at all these different pages and just it's it's, it's great. And that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, obviously, you know, there's going to be some people who maybe put stuff out there that's inappropriate maybe you wouldn't want that out there and just like the dog world just like the outdoors world like the hunting world just because you're a dogman and just because you're a hunter i'm not automatically on your team you know what i mean yeah but but i'm not automatically you know we're not automatically friends you could do some things that really bring a bad bad light for everybody else but on the other hand and you see, like, you probably, I mean, you you follow a lot of the same pages I do. You see people taking shots at each other and making posts about each other and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we're, we have a lot more in common than, than than we have differences. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what kind of breeds you're into. If you're a dog person, if you're a dogman, you know what I mean? You have that much more in common. How rare is it for you to be at a barbecue and talk to somebody who else is, someone else who's into dogs? You know what I mean? Like, it's rare to to be able to talk to people that are into dogs as much as you are. So we're all we're all pretty much on the same team. I, I just laugh at stuff like that, but I I don't I, you know, here's the thing, it's like even like going back to the YouTube stuff, it's not me, you know what I mean? Like of course I can make the decisions and breed this dog to this dog, whatever, but really the stars are the dogs, you know what I mean? Um they're a canine, they're they're like canines survive throughout the you know, throughout history because they're smart and they're good hunters. And that's, that's just what I'm trying to recreate with my dogs. And, um, even with like Bango, like I really hope as many people can see that video of him as possible. Cause it's not, it's not something, I mean, I'm proud of it, but it's not something that I've done. It's, it's him. He deserves all the credit. He, he's a, he's been the best dog I've ever, I've ever even imagined that I would have, you know? And I, I yeah, we do coon hunts and pig hunts and stuff like that together, but, um, I take him everywhere too, you know, on camping trips. He's there with me. Uh, one time we were camping on the, on the edge of a lake and, uh, everybody went to bed in their tents or hanging out. I think it was, uh, I think we we're having a bachelor's. I think one of my close friends was getting married. So we had like a little bachelor party camping trip. And, uh, in the middle of the night, one of my friends wakes me up. He's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, what is that? What's that sound? And we could hear a coom like just kind of screaming out i was like oh it's, uh, i think Bengal went and found a coon and he killed a coon right in the middle of the night and he went and put it right there uh, by our coolers like by where all the food was and stuff so he wanted me to go cook it up for him like i've just had so many <laughs> just funny experiences with him so yeah there i was on a bachelor party trip cooking some raccoon hams for my dog <laughs> that's awesome 
and uh, taking uh, turkey hunting and it through through him through the dogs especially him though um met some really cool people um and uh yeah i mean it's it's all about him you know i don't how i come across the people whatever you know i am who i am i don't care well Um, i just i want to paint my dogs in the best light possible when it comes to like you know producing a better airedale that's that's the that's the long goal you know it's not gonna it's not gonna be just in a few i remember the last time i said within a few generations i'll have a i'll have an airedale that can do everything and it's the most healthy and all that stuff it's gonna take a bit you know um but i'm 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 here for it so producing a good quality airedale is what's going to be my main goal Mm -hmm. moving forward you know what i mean because i know how much vango is a really good airedale i know how much he's added to my life so when somebody, if somebody comes across my stuff or, you know, comes across this interview or whatever and wants to get a dog from me, I want their lives to be benefited from, from a good dog, you know? And so that's, that's the goal. I'm uh, producing a better Airedale. But I also want to produce the ultimate working dog. And uh, so th- this cross that I've done with the Staghound Airedale, seeing how good of a dog that is, like this is a dog you can you can hunt whatever with you know what i mean it's got a he's got a decent nose he's got the speed and athleticism the brains to to do whatever you want so i'm looking at in the future kind of not creating my own breed but doing my own cross that if a working dog guy gets a pup for me it's it's a dog that's cut out to do whatever he wants you know what i mean so I was looking at, you know, Airedale cross with Staghound, cross with maybe a little bull, maybe a little bit of bull blood, because um, there's nothing like a there's nothing like a bulldog, you know, um, just the drive that they have, the brains that they have, their personality, their willingness to 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 move forward no matter what. Like, I, I love bulldogs of all kinds, and uh, so some Staghound, some, some Terrier, some bulldog, all crossed up. I want to make my own cross of of working dog that's cut out for everything, and so I'm kind of looking looking forward to doing that in the future. I had a uh, uh, just kind of go off a little bit. I had a I, I came across a, a friend of mine sent me a Craigslist ad, and it was a uh, some lady had her husband's bull terrier crossed with her or her boyfriend's bull terrier bred her female Catahoula. And so my friend said, he's like, do you think you can bring one of these up to hunt? I said, I bet you I could. So I, I called the lady and she's like, yeah, so $50, you can come take, take a pup. I was like, sweet. So I went over there to her house and um, a whole bunch of puppies just came out. And I mean, you know, you, you're familiar with bull breeds, you know, yep. they're half, they're half bull terrier, half through Catahoula, but their personality was all, was all bully. And um, I was messing with all the puppies and there was a, there was one Merle female. She was a gray Merle. One of the most beautiful looking little puppies. She looked like a, a blue, a blue merle pit bull is what she looked like. Mm-hmm. And immediately, I just wanted to go look at them, and I was like, you know what? I'll take her. Brought her up. She was one of the most fun dogs I've ever had. So she never even had a name. Like I couldn't figure out what to name her, so we just ended up calling her the Mamas. <laughs> and uh, man, I, I did. I, I trained her to track. I trained her to you know. Uh, I, she, she was on her way to be like a really cool dog and this is a $50 dog off of Craigslist it was a mutt basically you know mm-hmm. and I was and I was thinking like you know like she is such a smart driven dog I'm going to cross her to an Airedale and just see what comes from there and then maybe cross one of those pups to a sight hound or whatever um, she was our she was my wife's dog you know she was inside every night and then I took her out and so when she hit about 7 months old I was I I was I told my wife I said well I've already taught her to trail I've already taught her to retrieve I've taught her every trick in the book and she's picked everything up and said you know what let's uh I'm gonna take her coon hunting and see where see see how see how she likes it so I took her on a coon hunt and the dogs that were uh I, that day in particular the dogs caught a, a coon in the creek in some water and she dove straight in at seven months old and went and grabbed a hold of that coon and stayed with it until it was over and i was like man you know what so i took her out with i paired her up with croc you know my stag uh the, the lurcher paired them up together i went and trapped a coon um 
and turned it loose. Like that way, there was a, a fresh trail to follow. And she went out and treed that coon. Um, she was blowing me away by everything that she was doing, and uh, of course, I didn't let her have any contact, you know, one on one with the coon until it was time to test her in crop. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, it was actually uh, I went out and in the, in the, I went out about four in the morning, took the dogs out, and they treed a coon and uh put the big experienced dogs away and let the and let the uh the pups so the little bull terrier catula cross and uh croc which is my half stag half airedale left them on the tree shook the coon out of the tree and they they dispatched the coon and under a minute between the two of them she was only seven months old and i was so proud i was so happy and so i was thinking like maybe this is what the cross i'll do so the pups out of these two dogs will be a quarter, you know, roughly, roughly 25% Airedale, 25% Staghound, 25% Bull Terrier, 25% Catahoula. And I know there would have been some good workers in that cross. Fortunately, about a few months ago, um, uh, she was uh, she was our inside dog, and she was our, you know, she was pretty protective too. She, she was just our all-around fun dog that we had. We live... Um, we live right off of the main highway. Mm. Yep. Yeah, she went out, and one day I came home from work, and she was dead on the side of the highway. Mm. And so that that was that was a big loss. That was probably I, I don't think I've ever been more crushed to lose a dog than her because she was just such a wonderful dog. And so I, at some point, I think like I was saying, I wanted to make a cross. Um, I wanted to make a you know a a purpose crossbred dog you know specifically to be a versatile hunting dog i think at some point i would like to if i can get a hold of some kind of that cross again you know a catahoula across to a bull terrier um just because she had such good qualities and neither of her parents were even working dogs it was just it's just a random dog that i came across on that you know i was i was sent the ad you know and um, she was such a good dog. Maybe at some point, if somebody makes that cross again, I will get I will get a pup from that and incorporate it into you know my my own little breeding program. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. So I I grew up with dogs, of course, and always been into dogs. Around uh, in my late teens, I saw my first Airedale. Wanted to uh, fell in love with them. Wanted to get into them. And also around the same time, a few years later, moved to Lubbock and um, got into hunting with dogs and everything just kind of fell into place when it came to uh, finding a good Airedale. It took me a while, found a good one, trained him up, found another one, trained her up. And then from there, it's just kind of taken off. And I guess the last time we spoke um, at the time, the last time we talked, I only had the two Airedales and the two Staghounds. And uh, since then, I've gotten... Since then, I've now had about six different Airedales that I've kind of gone through. Right now, I've got, I'm down to uh, three right now, um, but I've worked with a, I've worked with some good ones, had some litters, um, have a Airedale lurcher, half stag, half Airedale, and uh, had a couple of lurcher litters too. And I've got right now, I've got two pure staghounds too. So that's kind of it's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. So yeah, just talk about your. Uh the experiences that you've had since the last time we talked about uh you know the 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 ups and downs and the the wins and losses yeah man there's there's been some really high highs and some low lows i've I've lost a few dogs um so anyways so since we've spoke I, i ended up moving outside of lubbock i'm about 20 miles outside of town um so i'm out and we moved on to five acres so i've fenced it all in got my kennel set up almost finished and uh i was just kind of freed me up to have more dogs and have more space to train them and kind of be outside of the city to really kind of focus on working with them and so i had gotten i had my two airedales that i had bango and judy um hunted with them hunted everything with them, coons to to pigs and um, I got the opportunity to get two more Airedales. Um, they're actually Junie's sire and, and dam. Um, the guy that I'd gotten Junie from, he was getting out of hunting, kind of moving on to other things. And so he offered me a chance to get the pair. And I got them both. And so that was a 
that was a game changer. They're both really good hunting dogs, just proven uh, pig hunting dogs more than anything. So I had Annie, I had Hondo, that was their names. And um, right around the time I got them, we moved out here. And uh, I tried Hondo out for a little bit. He's an excellent hunting dog. He just wanted no part of me. So I ended up giving them back to uh, giving them back to Matt, the guy I got them from. So I stayed with Vango, Junie, and Annie. Had my first litter with uh, Annie and Vango. And um, this was my first litter that I've had since I was a kid living at home still. So I tried to do everything right. I ended up, the whole litter ended up catching parvo. <laughs> but um, it, it worked out. We didn't lose any dogs. I was able to get them all placed in good homes. And, and so that was my first experience with, uh, you know, whelping a litter with, with Annie. And she's such a good mom. She'd had several litters before that. Um, placed a couple of them within close proximity that way I can kind of keep tabs on them and, and have them there um, unfortunately no, none of the pups from that litter went to any hunters um, but there's uh, one of them a female went to my mother-in-law and so I've been able to uh, keep close eye on her and she's an absolutely beautiful dog just perfect form long-legged tall lean um, so I had those dogs so I had them uh, started working with them hunting with them quite a bit um, then I got the opportunity to so that whenever I first got on Instagram there was a, a kid from the Midwest he was he had a female named Zoe and she was a really popular dog like he she was actually the first dog that I saw that um, was doing any kind of work on Instagram first the uh, Airedale and he was using her for coons and just you know a varmint dog and I always said I was like man I talked to him we're planning on doing a uh, you know, a breeding between Bango and Zoe because they were two of the most popular Airedales doing it, and both proven. Well, just so happened, as soon as I moved out here, um, he, the guy, he gave me a call and he said, uh, he's, I've got Zoe here. He said she, her her best years are just kind of, uh, I'm not able to work with her too much. I got busy. If you want her, I'll give her to you. And I was like, well, yeah, heck yeah, I'll do, I'll do whatever. So he's, he was out in, um, in uh, Iowa. And so we we picked a spot to meet in the middle. I drove uh, 18 hours one way to go get her. And, uh, oh, no, sorry. I drove 18 hours round trip to go pick her up, met him in Missouri, and um, brought her back. And she's been such a huge plus to my, to my little pro- breeding program and just having her out in the field hunting. She's terrific. And so she's a little older than Bango now. She's seven she will be yeah she just turned seven in may and i've gotten some really good hunts out of her and i've actually gotten a couple litters out of her right now too and she's actually pregnant with her last litter that i'll have out of her right now um so i got her and so I, so there i had vango and the three females and i just had some really good hunts with them um, really good times um i had a litter out of judy in april of 2021 and that was the first litter out of her Placed, placed a few of them in some working homes and they're doing really good um, had a and then had a litter out of Zoe and Bango which is one that I was really hoping for um, in June of last and those pups you know they're all still all the pups that I've had that have come from, from me they've all been out of Bango and they're all pretty young still um, so I'm just kind of keeping close tabs on them but now just through the litters I've been able to meet you know, some really cool people, uh, friends that I've known just from online, um, have driven out and got one. Uh, the guy, his name, this uh, guy named Peter, he runs the Hunting Airedales page on Instagram. He got a pup out of that litter, and he drove from Pennsylvania all the way to all the way to North Texas to, to come grab a pup for me, and we had a good time talking. and And he's doing really good with that pup. So that pup, I guess, is just over uh, over a year old now. And he's got them on groundhogs, and he's training them up, getting ready for, for coons, and who knows what else. But he's doing really good with them. But, yeah, that's kind of like, just to recap, yeah, those last few years, I, you know, it, it, things have been going really good. Um, I ended up selling uh, Annie to a, to a, a man in Arizona. Um, I had a, we had one last litter with her. Um, but she's she was kind of the... Uh, she wasn't really getting along with the other females. Um, she's just kind of sticking to herself. And with her getting, you know, getting up there in age and stuff, I retired her from pig hunting. So sent her up to Arizona. She's She actually just had a, uh, the, the guy that, that got her, um, his kennel's called uh, True Grit Airedales. Mm-hmm. Just had a litter out of her. So she's, she's doing good over there. 
And uh, yeah, so now I'm just so phase one for me was getting pumps on the ground out of Bingo, just to make sure, just see what how they came, see what kind of producer he was. And so now phase two is um, getting a female out of Bingo to keep for myself, and um, and uh, get. I'm right now currently looking for um, an unrelated uh, male Airedale to bring in, and kind of that way I can breed him to you know Junie and uh, one of Bingo's uh, daughters. And so on, on the breeding side, kind of not quite as going full force as what I was thinking. Um, just kind of cutting back a little bit, just make sure I got really good quality dogs first, and then I'll continue to breed after this this litter. I'll get one this litter out of Zoe that she's pregnant with now, and uh, litter out of Junie, and then from there, um, just kind of wait a little bit, get things together, get some good hunts out of the dogs, and then continue on with breeding after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my. Um, my, he's pretty much my mentor. He, I got my first tag on from him. His name's Dean Bohannon. He's a he's a sighthound guy. He's been working with, um, you know, everything from racing greyhounds to to jackrabbit dogs to coyote dogs for the last I don't know maybe forty plus years. So he, I talked to him whenever I, whenever I was about to have my first litter, and he gave me a lot of pointers and didn't really listen to him at, at first. You know, I just kind of tried to do things my own way, and that's whenever I had the the, the that litter catch parvo, um, but. Since then, I've kind of I've learned to uh, give the female a parvo shot when she's about a month pregnant, and that kind of that kind of gets uh, gets into the puppy system. From there, give the first parvo shot at 30 days old, which is something I never knew. But give them the first parvo shot 30 days old, another one 10 days later, and another one 10 days after that, and then two weeks after that but at that point they should be you know their new homes and they'll take them to the vet and finish off their shots but doing that I haven't lost a single pup to Parvo since then um, another thing is uh, filtered water because we're out on the well where we are and uh, any well water from especially here in this area there's a lot of ag around um, cotton fields corn fields and everything um, so sometimes uh, you know the nitrogen that they put in the soil can seep down into the to the water table and it can cause uh, birth defects and pro, uh, and stuff like that so um every time now from uh, any female that i have that's pregnant make sure that to give them some really good clean filtered water so i'll go to the little to the grocery store right there the little uh you know where you can fill up the five gallons of pure water yep. and have them on that as soon as i know that they're pregnant and it, man it, it that helped a lot i've had zero birth defects i know a lot of guys in my area um like neighbors that had some litters uh like my next door neighbor had a litter of weenie dogs and uh, i think 90 percent of them came out with uh an overbite and i was like what in the world like where's that coming from and uh sure enough you know the our water our well water has high levels of nitrate and that causes stuff like that mm-hmm. and then even with uh like uh, human babies it could cause like a hair lip or a cleft palate stuff like that so that's definitely i'm gonna have to put a filter on that but um no but with the dogs make sure she gets the right nutrition um i put her on uh mostly raw meat with some puppy chow and uh eggs every single morning just raw eggs every morning just to make sure that her body's getting everything she needs to um you know make the, all the little babies and so it's yeah litters are there it's, it's a lot of work it's not it's not something that you can just kind of let happen. You gotta be, you gotta be right on top of them every step of the way, and just to give those pups the best chance of not only surviving but developing in the right way too. And so it's it's been great. It's been fun. It's been hard, um, but overall, it's been man, it's been great. It's been a really fun experience. So I've had uh, three Airedale litters so far. I had three. Um, or I've had two Sighthound litters, Pierce, Pierce Staghound litters, and two uh, Airedale Staghound lurchers litters. And so it, it's been one right after the other. It seemed like since we moved out here and learned a lot of lessons, I realized it wasn't as it wasn't going to be as easy as what I thought. But I've learned so much, and now moving forward, it's going to be a lot, whole lot easier and uh, I, I, a lot more experience now. <laughs> When you say it's it's more of a lifestyle than a than a, than a hobby, right? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. Um, if you're, especially if you have if you have multiple females, you got to do everything right from the from the get go. As soon as they start coming into heat, you know, separate them, uh, put them on a filtered water, 
make sure that the males can't dig in because uh, when I first got Zoe, the um, she's I was so excited to breed her to Bango, and I was I told people about it. I had a waiting list for people with pups, um, and she came into heat and put her in the in the kennel that I have. And the, the kennel is only about five foot tall, but you know she's not going to get out of it. Put her in there with Bango. I saw them tie up. Everything was going good. She saw her getting heavily pregnant. This, this is her her this was her first litter ever. You know, she'd never been bred up until until, until then. That she was five years old at the time, and so I was so excited and uh, doing everything right. Made the whelping box inside the house for her, and uh, I was sitting there um, with the GoPro and saw her starting to come into labor. And I was even I was talking to the GoPro like, okay, here we go. I've been waiting for this litter for the last. This is the litter I've been dreaming about for the last three years. Saw the first pup came out, and I see hindquarters from a pup come out, a gray pup with a long skinny black tail and I'm thinking oh my god immediately I realized we had some lurchers on there <laughs> so what happened was uh, uh, you know I didn't know but Ivo uh, which is my staghound uh, male staghound he jumped in bred her jumped out without me ever knowing he was ne- I never saw him in the pen never saw him whatever I know staghounds are faster than Airedales, and I, apparently so is their semen. <laughs> right. And so I had a litter of, uh, I had six staghound Airedale puppies and one pure Airedale puppy. So it was a split litter, but the stag won out. <laughs> and I had one little female pure Airedale, and the rest of them were uh, stag lurcher crosses. And, and you know, it's really obvious which ones were the lurchers and which one was the Airedale. The Airedale, you know, typical, she looked exactly like a spitting image of Bango. The other ones, um, best way I can describe them is, you know what an Irish Terrier looks like, right? Yeah. They kind of look like a stretched out Irish Terrier. They're all, they were all like a tan to red color, had a little bit of, you know, that wispy, wiry hair, and um, and then just long legs, long body. So that was that was in the plans for sure. I definitely wanted to have a lurcher litter. In the future, I just didn't think it was going to be that quick. So I decided to keep one of the males from the litter. And I named him Croc because he looks like a he looks like a greyhound crossed with a crocodile. He's got a big, long head, big, long tail, big, bo- long body. And he's been great. So that, was, um, so that was the first litter I had of Zoe. Months, you know, months later, or about a year later, I finally got her bred to Van Gogh and had a pure Airedale litter from her and... And those pups, they've all—they're all beautiful dogs. And but um, still, still waiting for them to prove themselves. They're doing good so far, though. But no, I was going to tell you, man. Like, thank you so much for having me on. I, I things, things like this, like what you're doing. Real dogmen are going to want to listen to stuff like this. You know what I mean? And it's a credit to you. I appreciate people like you doing stuff like this. You know, giving giving real dog guys a platform to talk about what they're doing um and you know i just thanks for having me on like i'm glad to, to come up here and anytime you need to anytime you want to talk dogs just let me know no absolutely and i will for sure and uh you know i've enjoyed watching your stuff and 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 i'll tell you what the response has been really good with your episode from in the past so it was an easy decision due to part two and it'll be an easy decision to do a part three 